0: Welcome to Pathway to Faith Podcast, the media ministry of Harvest Church International Outreach, where we elevate and nurture families through the Word of God. We are so glad that you are here and believe that God will change your life through today's message. Let's listen. The of this message is Jesus. As we've been singing about him all day, name above every name. Just say the name Jesus. There's so much power in his name. <laughs> so much power in his name. He's Adam in 1 Corinthians 15, 45. He's the advocate in 1 John 3.1. He's Almighty in Revelation 1.8. He's the Alpha and the Omega in Revelation 1.8. He's the arm of the Lord in Isaiah 51:9. He's the author and finisher of our faith in Hebrews 12 too. He's Jesus. He's Jesus. He's everything you need in a time of need. He's everything you need. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to start with Philippians 2. Philippians 2, five. He's everything you need and he also humbled himself to be what we need. So if you have your Bibles, Philippians, I'm hearing echoes in my ear, in the name of Jesus. He said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Christ Jesus, Christ is not his last name, it's me, anointed. So he was anointed to do what God called him to do. See, who being in the form of God did not consider robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bond servant and coming in the likeness of man and being found in appearance of a man, he humbled himself. Jesus had to humble himself. So if Jesus had to humble himself, what do you think we have to do? We have to humble ourselves before we do anything for God or what else. We have, I have to humble myself to come up here before you. So Jesus humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him. Come on, he was highly exalted above all. He was exalted above all. Every name, everything, Jesus was exalted above that. And given him a name, which is above every name. That's where I got the, the, the title for Name above every name. It said, verse 10, that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth. He's saying that every tongue shall confess, every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So there is no other name above his name. He said there's every name, everything is under the name of Jesus. And, and it, and it, and it, it demonstrates him indifferent in the gospel. I'm trying to walk it through. And, and by the way, when pastors say the synoptic gospel, I just want y'all to remember that. I'm telling say it means the, the Matthew, Mark, and Luke. So when he said that, remember, it's not. Ma- John is, di- and they say that because synoptic gospel means similarities. They're all similar. If you read one, they sound the same in the next chapter. So there's similarities. John is a little different. John is distinct, different. So it's synoptic, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And then Matthew and Mark, I mean Matthew and Luke, it's talk about Jesus born as a virgin. And Mark, you notice, he starts when he's a full adult. So there's different, you know, and then also in the, in, Pastor say, I'm just giving y'all some nuggets. The Pentateuch, when he say the Pentateuch, that mean the first five books of the Bible: Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. So when he say those things, just you know now. So, so I'm doing it out there. So when he say, because he, you know, Pastor have you trying to, you know, Pastor, because he's a thinker. So don't tell him I told y'all. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. So, you know, Pastor say he's the uh, nugget giant. He's a he calling the nugget. So I'm changing a little bit. I'm going to say weapon. Mine's just going to be weapon number one, okay? So the weapon number one, amen, is uh, the devil will always try to show out when Jesus is about to show up. (laughs) Listen, he always going to try to show out when Jesus is about to show up. And and go to uh, Mark 5, 1. Mark 5.1, Mark 5.1, if you have your Bibles or your iPad or whatever you're reading from, because we're going to get in this word and I'm going to walk you through it, but I want you all to go see our chiefs, I know, Mark 5.1, amen, let's go to two, and when he came, he had come out of the boat, immediately they met him out of the tomb, a man with an unclean spirit. Who had, who had, he's dwelling dwelling among the tomb, and no one could bind him, not even with chains. He was, I mean, he was demon-possessed. He was so demon-possessed, the chains couldn't, couldn't hold him. Because he had often been bound and shackled with chains, and the chains had been pulled apart by him, and the shackles had broken in pieces, neither could anyone tame him. And always at night and day was in the mountain in the tomb crying out and cutting himself with tomb. Now, you see this all the time. You see people in certain places just crazy and this and that's a demonic spirit. And I'm going to get into what Jesus has given us the authority to cast those spirits out of people. I mean, some people have literally lost their mind. And it's not just that they lost their mind, they entertained so many demons and devils, it took over their mind. That's why you have to watch what you watch, watch what you see, watch what goes into you, watch where you go, because demonic spirits are real. People don't just get crazy because they get crazy. People get crazy because things going on in their mind, they can't control it no more and just take over, and demons will take over. We had an incident a while back with a young lady, just a demon-possessed person. So, So let's finish reading. And then Jesus, and he cried out with a loud voice, saying, no, no, I got to go to verse five because we got to get this. And always at night and day he was in the mountain in the tomb crying out and cutting himself with stones. Verse six, when he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and worshiped him. And he cried out with a loud voice. Now he ran and worshiped him, but the demon cried out with a loud voice. The demon inside of him said, what have I to do with you, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I implore you by God that you do not torment me. You're tormenting a person. You're telling demon not to torment you. Come on now. The devil is telling Jesus not to torment you. But look what Jesus said. For he said to him, come out of him, you unclean spirit. Jesus does not have time to be talking with him and counseling the demon. You don't have time to be counseling him and talking to him. You just cast him out. He give us the authority and the power to cast out demons. Most people entertain demons. You didn't got so comfortable with your demon, your pet demon, till you entertain it. And you don't want nobody to tell you about it because it help, It makes you feel good. When you're home alone you're entertaining your demon, nobody can see. And that devil like, don't, don't cast me out. I'm here. I'm your friend. And that's what he wants you to think. And you'll be bound by that devil forever, thinking that you can't be delivered when God gave you the power to cast it out. And you think, I just live like this the rest of my life. The devil is a lie. You don't have to live like this the rest of your life. You don't have to. If you get in this word and understand what God has given us, you can cast him out. Enough is enough. You have to tell the devil, enough is enough. And you're not going to be strong in the beginning, but you're going to keep resisting him, resisting him, resisting him, and eventually that thing got to let you go. It has to let you go. Yeah, if you keep resisting him, but if you keep entertaining it, it ain't going nowhere. That's your friend. Look what he said. Look what the devil said. He said, and Jesus said, and when Jesus asked him, what is your name? And he answered saying, my name is Legion. Legions mean many. I mean, he had many demons in him. Many demons. I mean, c- breaking chains and crying out and doing this. You, you, come on, now you have all types of spirits in you. We're trying to deal with one or two. He had many of them. And he had no, dec- he couldn't make his own decisions. None. So... And then go down to verse, and I meant the scripture where it said the devil always tried, the devil always try to show up. The devil was trying to stop, but Jesus had to go. Jesus had to go. Go to verse 21. And when Jesus had crossed over, by, um, over again by the boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him, and he was by the sea. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus, by name, And when he saw him, he fell at his feet. Jairus was waiting on him to come and deliver his daughter. But the demon tried to distract Jesus to get to the other side. So every time God is about to do something in your life, here comes distraction. Every time. Because he wants to distract you so you can give up and and don't keep going. God tell you to do something. If God tell you to do something, and you got to show in your spirit that God told you to do a distraction going to come. You don't give up in the middle of the process and say, well, I guess it wasn't God. You got to keep going. You have to get distractions going to come. You're going to get called. You're going to get rejections. You're going to get everything because the enemy is wanting to stop you from doing what God called you to do. And most Christians are not strong enough to keep going because you're not in the word. So what you do? You pull back and he said, well, God told me to start a million-dollar business, and well, maybe it wasn't for me. I said, I'll use somebody else. Right. Wow. Because you wasn't spiritually strong enough to keep going, depressed. press. When you see people that are truly blessed and truly moving in things of God, you talk to them. I guarantee you, they didn't just get it by Moses. They, they went through trouble, because the enemy tried to stop them over and over and over, but they kept getting up. They kept doing. They kept Come on now, and now they're where they're at. So you can't get mad at somebody that they're blessed and they're rolling in mansions. Come on now. You you can't, because you don't know what that person went through to get there. So just get with them and say, tell me what you did (laughs) in the name of Jesus. But always with a wife, a job, deliverance, healing, uh, he will always distract before the blessing. He will always try to distract you before the blessings. Amen. Always. The next number, uh, weapon number two is. You have been authorized to use the name of Jesus. You have been authorized to use the name of Jesus. Listen. In Matthew 28, 18. Go to Matthew twenty-eight eighteen. Jesus said, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. But Jesus didn't keep the power to himself. He got it from God, but he didn't keep it. In Luke 10, 19, behold, he said what? Luke 10, 19, he said, behold, I give unto you the authority. He said, I give unto you the authority. And that word authority and uh, power means exousias. He said, I give unto you the power to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the powers of the enemy. And other word power means doom, it. It's force, force, any force. He said, "I give unto you the authority." So God give us, Jesus give us the authority. Just like right now, Pastor gave me the authority to, 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 to do this service, and with that comes you get your fuji water, you get to sit in Pastor's spot. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, you just you know, you just get something because He gave me the authority. Amen. And, and I, I'm just you know. Eric treating me all night, Eric praying for me, and you know. I'm like, Jesus, you know. And, uh, you know, uh, it's just the thought that he gave me. But he have the right to give that. He have the right to give that. When you say authority, when you mention his name in this church or on this property, Pastor Howell, all the matter, you think he have the authority over everything in this church, everything. He have to say so. You say in the school, you say, Dr. help everybody, Dr. help. She have authority over everything in the school. So they're using their authority. You know, and you can't abuse it. You can't abuse authority. People abuse authority, but you have to stay humble. That's why Jesus was humble. You have to stay humble, especially when God using you in certain areas of your life. I have to stay humble because this is, This is amazing what God is doing. I would have never thought there's a boy from the projects in New Orleans. Come on now, be doing this and stand here in Kansas City. So I can get big-headed and, oh, look a little at me and I'm sitting there. Come on now, sit down. God says, sit down. We're just servants. A minister is a servant of God. We serve the people. So I'm serving the people. So when they're doing all that for me, I'm used to doing it for other people. You know what I'm saying? We're serving, so you serve, and God will elevate you. When Jesus came, he he humbled himself, and God elevated him. God elevated him because he humbled himself. So stay humble. Don't think you're all that. Don't ever think that you can do more than somebody. You're better than somebody else because you drive a nice car. You're in a bigger house. Don't Stay humble, and God will exalt you. Amen? Stay humble. Amen. Go to Matthew 16, 13. And we have the authority because Jesus gave us the keys. And I want to talk about that, Matthew 16, 13, because he gave us the keys. And I just want to say, praise God, that's the only keys you need. The keys to the kingdom of heaven. You don't need 16, 19, 18 keys you get that on the way home. The only keys you need is the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Because those keys unlock spiritual things. And if you get all these other keys that people, these revelations that people coming up, it's just basic stuff out the Bible, they're twerking it a little bit. And you'll be so confused like that man with all those spirits in him. You'll be just that confused. And then you'll start questioning Jesus or questioning the word. Well, well, you know, do you do really mean that? Because they say it, and it, you better stick with the word of God. Amen. I'm not knocking you for what you're doing and all this new revelation. No, That's on you. You better stick with the word of God. Every key you need is in the word of God. Every, everything you need is in the word of God. Come on, Matthew 16, 13. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, who do men say that I am? Jesus was asking the question, kind of knowing what was gonna be the answer. He said, and then he asked, who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Jesus never called himself the Son of God. In this particular case, he never called himself the Son of God because he wanted them to get the revelation of who he was. So he called himself the son of man, even though he was the son of God. But look what he said. He said, who do you say that I am? So they say, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others say Jeremiah or one of the prophets. you know, they're saying, you you know, just like they say about pastor. Who who do you say pastor is? Well, he's just Pastor Hal. You know, we was at a funeral the other day. The lady said uh, Hope, Pastor Hope, and, you know, they call him all just whatever no honor or whatever, but who do you say that he is? When people talk about him in the public or in the stores, talk about our church, who do you say that he is? Jesus said, who do you say that I am? And then Jesus said, okay, and then where will I stop there? And then Peter answered and said, you, first he said 15, he said, and he said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Simon called him the son of the living God. The reason he called him that because he got a revelation of who Jesus was. He got the revelation of who Jesus was. He said, then Jesus, verse 17, Jesus answered and said to him, "Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you but my Father, which are in heaven. Now you're ready. See, Jesus, Jesus said, now you're ready, I can give you something now, because you know who I am, and you're not going to abuse it. So now you're ready. So look what he gave him. He said, okay. Okay, then he said, uh, and I said to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. And the gates of Haiti. Should not prevail against the church. We are the church. He said, upon this revelation, that who you know that I am, I'm going to build a church out of that. So this here, this is just a gathering place. You are the church. But you get more about the revelation you learn of Jesus and you know of Jesus, that's the church. He said, I will build this church. And look what he said, verse 19. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven And whatsoever you bind on earth be bound in heaven. Whatsoever you loose on earth be loose in heaven. He said, I will give you the keys. Because the reason Jesus said, I'm going to give you the keys, because we have to realize, go to, let me see, where did I put that down there? It's a mystery. Sometimes it's a mystery. Go to, if you have your Bibles, go to Ephesians. Go to Ephesians. I'm just a side note for my people who got my uh, nuggets. Go to Ephesians real quick. I won't be before you long, but I want to show you. The reason he's giving us the keys because we need to unlock the mystery. Ephesians 1.9, that's it. He said, having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to the good pleasure he purposed in himself. So you need spiritual keys to understand heavenly things. And if you don't, you won't understand Thing You'll think church is just a place to come and just a gathering and get spirit, emotionally fed and you go home and dealing with. No, this is a place you come here, pastor, give us the word that we can go back out there and de- destroy the devil. So you have to, when you get saved, it's more than just getting saved. It's more than just coming and giving your life to Jesus. Now you gotta study, you gotta read the word and utilize who you are in Christ. And if you don't, you're going to always be defeated. If you don't know who you are in Christ and what he gave us, you're going to always be defeated. And that's not his purpose. He want us to know, once you get saved, now you got to go further. That's why I gave you uh, last time Wednesday the Ephesian prayer, that the eyes of my understanding will be enlightened, that I may know what is the hope of your calling, and what are the riches of the revelation of the knowledge of you, that the eyes of my understanding may be enlightened. So as you go on, God enlightens you and showing you who you are in Christ. That's why that prayer is so important. That's why spending time with Jesus is so important. So you can know who you are. So you won't be defeated every time the devil comes your way. You won't be making wrong decisions. Come on now. So let's continue on. Amen. The power, weapon number three, the power in the name is the power of Jesus himself. You got to get that. The power in the name is the power of Jesus himself. You know, it's amazing to me, and I didn't give them this uh, scripture. Jesus in Matthew 26, 39. If you have your Bible, go to Matthew 26, 39. I want to show you something. Jesus was asleep when they needed him, And they was asleep when Jesus needed them. Yeah, yeah. Check it out. And go to Matthew 26, you put that up, Matthew 26, 30. And he went a little farther and he fell on his face and prayed saying, oh father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. But nevertheless, but nevertheless, the whole world was shaken on a nevertheless. Literally, the whole world was shaking on it. nevertheless. Demons was trembling, saying, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. Our salvation was on the other side, saying, Jesus, I need you, I need you. He could have flipped, he could have did any of But the whole world was shaking on it. nevertheless. The whole world. And what is was Jesus, uh, Matthew 26. I want to read up what he said, because he went to pray. And I want to get to that part where he prayed. And there was a sleep, just sleeping. Sometimes you, you just gotta be up and not sleep. Okay, 37. And he took with him Peter and two other sons of Zebedee, and he began to be in sorrow and deeply distressed. They said, when Jesus was praying, He said drips of blood, drops of blood was coming down, was mixed with his sweat. Literally, he was gone before God because he'd never been separated from God. And this was going to be the first time that Jesus would be separated from God. And he was like, I got to do this for these. Nah, I'm just kidding. (laughs) And they don't listen. They don't don't love me. They just do whatever they want to do. And I got to give up my life for them. But look what he said. 38. And then he said to them, my soul is exceeding sorrowful, even to death. Stay here and watch with me. And he went a little farther and fell in his face and prayed, oh, my father, if it is possible, let this cup be passed for me. Nevertheless, uh, not as I will, but as your will. Then he came to the disciples and found them asleep. And he said to Peter, what can you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, a second time, he went away and prayed, saying, Oh Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Unless I drink it, you, your, um, your will be done. And he came and found them asleep again. For their eyes was heavy, so he left them and went away again and prayed the third time saying the same words. Jesus was asleep because, I mean, Jesus needed them to pray because he was about to go through the roughest, toughest time of his life. And he said, can you not pray for one hour? See, the disciples, they had a desire to pray, but they wasn't disciplined. (laughs) They had a desire because they was there. They wanted to. And that's how most people are. We have a desire to do something, but you're not disciplined. You have a disciplined prayer life. So their desire is, you can have a desire, but you have to be disciplined. You gotta get up. If you say you're gonna get up 6 o'clock in the morning to pray, whatever time, get up. If you say you're gonna get up, get up. Don't just lay there and say, oh, get up. You gotta be disciplined. And as you've been disciplined, you're building yourself up. Now Jesus needed them to pray. Go to Mark 428, 438. Mark 438. Now look at look at these guys. I love this one. Mark 438. But when he was stern asleep on a pillow, why, why why they put that in there? Jesus in the pillow on the boat. And, and the pillow didn't even get wet. Come on now, and those boats wasn't like the, the cruise ships that we take now. There was wood boats. So Jesus asleep and the boat didn't the water never got on his pillow. He said, and they'll walk him saying, teacher, do you not care that we perish? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace be still. So sometimes you have to just rest in Jesus. Jesus said, just rest in me. Jesus knew the storm was coming. So that time there was a sleep on Jesus. This time Jesus asleep on him. Because Jesus said, just rest. Because Jesus knows what to do. He knew what to do. So don't be asleep all the time. Don't be so easily just uh, uh, not ready to do spiritual things. They just was relaxing and just chilling. But Jesus said, can you not pray for one hour? He said, "The power is in the name. Do you not notice certain name carries certain weight? Certain names carry certain weight. A police officer you got a police officer, a little tiny police officer. He's standing in the street, and he'll tell a car to stop. What that car going to do? It's going to stop, not because of him, because of the authority that he has in his name. And that car is going to stop. Amen? He blow the whistle, he do that, the car is going to stop. The same thing with us. Jesus has given us the authority to carry his name and make the devil stop in his track devil have to stop. We have the same authority. He's given us the authority to use his name. Amen? Amen. The name of Jesus carries authority over three worlds. Over the heavens, over the earth, and under the earth. There's no power in no other name. And the devil knows it. He knows it, but he don't want you to know it. The devil knows it but he don't want you to know it. Go to Matthew 28:20. 20. Matthew 28:20. 20. The devil don't want you to know the power that you have. Amen. Let's see, I got it right here. Where is it at? He said no, 19, I'm sorry. 18 And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, all authority or power has been given unto me in heaven and on earth. He said, go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nation, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. He said, listen, I'm giving you this authority, but the devil don't want you to know that you have this authority. So what do you do? He's trying to deceive you. So you always have the power to use his name. Always. Jesus said with two or three of us that gather together in his name, he's there in the midst of us. So he's here right now in the midst of us. So when we call on the name of Jesus, things happen. Your healing, your deliverance, your whatever you need is here in the name of Jesus. So when you come, you come and get power. You come and get anointed. You come and get ready to go out there in the world. You don't just take it here and just go out in the world and then start living like the devil. I was in Walmart the other day, you just gotta pray. Sometimes I just walk around and say, thank you, Jesus. Just thank you, Jesus. You have to, you don't know what's going on. You you, you walk in there, people don't look like, you don't know what they are. Seriously, man look like a woman, woman look like, I mean, just green hair, purple hair, it's just everything. So you better be pleading the blood of Jesus over you and your family everywhere you go. And if you don't, you're gonna get accustomed to it and say, well, that's just, we just love everybody. Love is love. Just take over the rainbow. Just whatever you want to do, love is love. You don't want to hurt nobody. Come on now, because you're accustomed to that, because you're so used to being around it. Not, not that we hate anybody, not that we, you know, but we, we don't do that. Just like with Halloween, we don't, we don't celebrate that. We don't entertain that spirit, so we have to tell our kids days of the year. That's when they're sacrificing babies, they're sacrificing cats, they're sacrificing everything. And you out there trick or tree, <laughs> bringing your kids, opening the door up to all these spirits. And they got these demons and woodlocks and whatever. And they're giving your kids stuff out their house that you don't know what they put in there. Come on, people. We, as Christians, we got to get better than that. Don't say, well, it's just fun. No, it's not fun. No, it's not fun. It's getting worse and worse. It's not fun. And you open yourself up to that spirit. We don't entertain that spirit. I don't play it. Don't, don't in my house. We don't do it. My lights are off on that day. If we have something here, we're doing it here, but we're not my, They already know in the neighborhood. Don't come knocking on my door. I give you a track. I'm giving you something. Yeah, knocking on my door. I ain't giving... Listen... Don't come, they, they be all everywhere, boy. They be all, they start early. And they're gonna start early. I usually fast and pray on that day because I know what's going on on that day. It's demonic activity going on. And those demons are loose. If you're gonna give them a holiday, you think they're not gonna celebrate it? And you're giving them a holiday. We are spiritual beings. We can't play with that. You can't play with things that's outside of God. If it's not in the word, and I'm not trying to be spiritual to you, but certain things you just can't play with. You just can't do it. Because the devil will destroy your life. and will destroy your kid's life. Come on, let's, let's continue on. Weapon number four. You must have faith in the name of Jesus. You must have faith in the name of Jesus. As I was studying this in Acts 3.16, it's the foundation of scripture. But I was reading is it sounds similar to John 3.16. Acts 3.16 3, says, and his name through faith and in his name, he made, let me read it. I wrote it down, but let me read it out the Bible. Sometimes I'd be getting in the spirit and I'd be like, okay. Let me read it out, the Bible. If you have your Bibles, I say that all the time, but I need you to have your Bibles. Bring your Bibles to church sometime, amen? Acts 3.16, iPad something. Where is it at? And his name, through faith in his name, has made this man strong, whom you see and know. Yes, the faith which comes through him has given him this perfect soundness and the presence of you all, meaning faith. He had faith in Jesus' name. And go to uh, John 3. I know you know where that's at. If you don't know what John 3.16 is we're going to pray for you, amen? That, that's one of the Bibles, I'm a scripture there. But look, it, similar, it's the same thing. And God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that so well in him, meaning have faith in his name, should not perish, but have everlasting life. Basically, the same thing that God is saying. You got to have faith in the name of Jesus. See, Peter and John, go to Acts. I'm going to speed it up. Like Acts 3, 1. Let's start in Acts 3. Acts 3, and I want to show you something. Peter and John knew they had power in the name. Acts 3. I'm going to speed it up a little bit. He said, but in Peter and John went up together in the temple in the hour of prayer, the night hour. And a certain lane, a man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms and fixing his eyes on him. He fixed his eyes on him. Sometimes you got to get people full, divided attention. You have to get their full, divided attention. He said, fix his eyes on him. With John, Peter said, look at us. Look at us. Because that's, like, sometimes pastors say that. Sometimes people be on their phones. People be doing stuff because they're ready to go. They're just ready to go. They're not focused, especially in church service. He said, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from him. He was expecting some money. Then Peter said, Sylvan, go, I do not have. But what I do have, I give you in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. He said, in the name of Jesus. Peter and John knew the authority they had in the name of Jesus. They knew it, and they gave it to someone who was believing in the name. That person was believing in the name. You have to know his name to believe in his name. What did Peter know? The name. He knew that he had authority in the name, to use the name. He said, and the reason why we're the same, because we are still under the same covenant. The covenant haven't stopped. We're under the same covenant. So we can use the name of Jesus. I use it all the time. Use his name. When you're driving things, are, Jesus. When you say that name, his presence, automatically come in. Amen. You cannot say the name of Jesus and don't feel this. Some people name their kids at who says who suits with But Jesus is the name God gave him. And that name is highly exalted. And there's no other name. People can say his name is this and his name is that. But when you lay hands on somebody or pray for someone, use the name of Jesus, things happen. So your faith has to be in the name of Jesus. And say so you may not even be speaking in tongues yet. Don't think that you have, yet. I'm saying you should be, but just that don't, that don't negate you from using the name of Jesus. I want you to think you have to be weighed up here to use the name of Jesus and think, well, I have to go to church, I have to call my pastor, I have to call, you use the name. You use the name. When you're in a certain place or a certain area and things is not working out, demons everywhere, you just the name of Jesus, I rebuke you, Satan, and you watch that demon bow down to you. That's why when Jesus preached, and those 70 uh, uh, people went out, he gave them authority, to use his name, and they came back all happy. He said, Jesus, even the demons are trembling in your name. They're like, wow, is this real? He said, yes, it's real. <laughs> it's real. But you have to know that it's real. You have to know that it's real. Your kids acting up, listen, that's all right. Get you some anointing out, you go in their room in the name of Jesus. Anoint their pillow, anoint their shoes, anoint their TV, anoint their phone, in the name of Jesus. I love it when I go in there and clean up my uh, my son's room. I go in there and clean it up, I'm all under the bed, I wanna see what, 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 you, you never know what kids doing. So you have to be spiritual enough to train them and this and that, but kids are gonna be kids. You have to know what's on their phone, what they're watching, what you're watching, what they're entertaining, what's, what's going on. And you tell them, but you can't monitor kids all the time. And if you got a kid in your room and you can't go in the room, in your house, that's a problem. That if they're playing loud music and it sounds like the demon, a devil is in there, that's a problem. And a devil is not just confined to, to that room, it's all over your house. No, nah, you better listen. I don't play that. I don't, certain music, certain TV shows, we don't watch it in this house. And my kids know it. You can watch anything. I have walked out of movie theaters when they got too crazy. My wife would say, come on, let's go. We're not standing here. Just, come on, now, we didn't know they were going to do all this. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. It, it's crazy, you know. They're talking about this. They're showing, oh, no, let's get out of here. And you can say, well, I paid $9. Oh, you're not, your spirit man worked $9? Well, I just, just want to see what the end going to be. Okay, by the time you end, you're going to be full of a spirit oh, okay. <laughs> of lust or whatever they watch you. So it's not worth it. I said, no, nah, let's go. We didn't expect this. Let's get out of this. And as men, we have to protect our family. We got to say, no, nah, come on. We, we, you know, let's go. Don't let the, even in your house, you have authority in your house. An enemy trying to come in your house, cast that spirit out. And be the head, be the provider, be the husband, the house binder of your house. Ain't nothing coming in my house that's not of God. Nothing. And sometimes I got to walk around my house just to see if I brought anything that that don't represent God. Because I want the presence of God always flowing in my house. I keep music soft in my, I want his presence for me. So if something in your house that you got in there that look good, that just don't feel right, get it out of there. A nice picture of something you got from the garage sale or whatever, you don't know what you brought in your house. <laughs> you know, people may be devil worshiping, you just brought, it, it's, it's cute, this look. Jesus, help us, Lord God. Let's continue on because we got, it, we got, we got, it. y'all got Chiefs game, Amen. Praise God. Weapon number five. This, ooh, this is good. You must expect a miracle when you use the name of Jesus. You must expect a miracle. When you come to the altar or you come to things, you got to expect things going to happen. When you take that first step, it was a miracle when you came to the altar and give your life to Jesus. That was a miracle by itself. So don't expect when you come to the altar a miracle is not going to happen you got to expect a miracle is going to happen. Amen? So when, when you first come to that altar, when I first took my step and came to the altar, I expect my life to change. I was in Oakland, California, women, drugs, partying, doing everything. But when I gave my life to Jesus, I said, God, if you're going to do it, here I am. If you can change me, here I am. And I remember that day, coming to this altar, and I gave my life to Jesus. Instantly changed my life. And I came with cigarettes to the church with my cigarette, Try to smoke. You know how you try to smoke and chew gum to try to, nobody know, but you're still smelling like a pack of cigarettes. (laughs) Trying to chew your gum. Yeah, cigarettes, and probably had a beer on the way. But I was tired of being tired. I was tired of just, come on, using myself, using my life, using my, I said, it got to be something different. And somebody told me about it. So when I came, I gave my life to Jesus. And I remember at the altar, and I said, God, if you're real, here I am. If you can change my life, here I am. I give you my life. But just show me that you're real, and I'll live for you the rest of my life. Show me, because I lived by people who was hypocrites, who went to church and did everything the world did. So I said, it can't be God. So I wanted to know him real. So he showed me, instantly he took the cigarettes and alcohol from my delivery that day. That was 30 years ago. Instantly. Never went back. Never drunk. Never smoked. Instantly. And I, and I tried the patch. I tried the gum. I tried all of that stuff. But instantly, when I gave my life to Jesus in that altar, never, it been 30 years now. So if you want, it got something that you're holding on to, you want to get rid of it, bring it to the altar. Bring it to the altar. And you got to expect a miracle. And the last story I say about, I remember my, my, my wife, and I said my wife, when she was dying in the hospital, dying in the hospital, I mean, her vital signs was going everywhere, going everywhere. And I remember walking into that room, and the nurse was like, there's nothing else we can do. She said, the doctors give her the medicine, nothing else we can do. And I looked at my wife. She looked at me like, "Nigga, hey you better help me. <laughs> see, I'm, see, that look was like, help me. And I was like, and I went in that room, and it was so, and that's why I say, I was telling somebody that the devil loved filth. Yeah. That room was dirty, because I, was, I wasn't there that day. I came, and just all of a sudden, her life, just everything, just um, signs and everything was just about to take her life. So I walked in there. It was dark. They had the curtains closed, and the flowers pushed on the side, just darkness, just death. I had to take authority. I had to take authority, so you know what I did. I told the press, I said, "Since y'all can't do nothing else, okay, get out." I called two of her friends and two of my friends, came here, to of them brought the extra ladies. Can y'all clean her up? While well, I went and cleaned the bathroom, cleaned it, opened the blinds. I spoke life. I said, "She should not die, but live, and declare the works of God. She would not die. She would not die. God, you didn't give me this woman, and she's gonna die." Yes. And me and my me and my two friends, we stood outside the gate. The nurses. If y'all can't do nothing, y'all need to be in there then. That's what I told them. I stood out, I shut the door, let them women clean up, and they was praying, praying me, praying for my wife. I was expecting God to do something. And you can't be around people who don't have that expectation. What i am going to do? Call somebody and just my, let my wife. She was about to die. I mean, all the signs and everything. But that's, that room was a spirit of death. Hospitals, you let your people go to the hospital and they go in that room. There's a spirit of death in most hospitals. That's why you got to pray when you get in there. They had closed the blinds, the bedroom was dirty. She throwing up everything. She was just like, she was just out of it. And I had to take authority over that spirit. So I'm saying you got to expect the miracle. You got to expect the miracle. The woman with the issue of blood, she was expecting the miracle. She was expecting a miracle. She said, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I know I would be made whole. And she took a chance. Because when you have an issue of blood like that, you can't be around people. When you're around people, they got to call you unclean, unclean, unclean. So she took a chance to get around people to go to Jesus. Twelve years this woman had the issue of blood. And she said, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, and when she came upon him, she touched him. And the whole crowd was around Jesus. And Jesus said, who touched me? And his boys was like, Jesus, everybody throwing it around you. You know what I'm saying? You tripping. What's going on? You know, everybody touching me. Everybody touched me. No, Jesus said, no, somebody touched my spirit. I didn't say who touched the flesh. Because you know, like I said, people want Jesus, but really don't want Jesus. He said, somebody wants something from me. Jesus said, somebody wants something from me. That's how hungry you got to be when you come to the altar. You got to want something from Jesus. You got to say, if he don't do it, it's not going to get done. That woman was, it was her last chance. She said, this is my last chance. She said, but I'm going to crawl to Jesus, and I'm going to come to Jesus, and I'm going to touch him. And Jesus said, who touched me? Touched it immediately. And Jesus said, Daughter, go to the next verse. Go to the next verse, 46. He said, he said But Jesus said, Somebody touched me, for I perceived power going out of me. Continue on. Now, when the woman saw that she was made, had hidden, she, she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him. She declared, to him in the presence of all the people. Verse, I think I want the next verse. And he, there you go, and he said to her daughter, be of good cheer, your faith has made you whole. Go in peace. He said your faith, she took a chance and took faith to crawl upon that ground and test just to him that's how much anointing Jesus had in his life. Just touched the hymn of his own, and it went out of him, and he was made whole. Thank you for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give generously and make this ministry outreach possible. Click the link in the description to give now or visit hcio.org podcast for more information. Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Even tag us on social media at Harvest Church KC. Thanks again for listening.